Well, uh, it's that time of the episode again where Peter and I branch out on our own and uh, do a little deep dive into the EU. Yeah. Uh, so this episode's character portrait features none other than Garazeb Aurelios. Mm. Um, Garazeb Aurelios? There it is. There's the Hera. <laughs> Great line. Yep. Great line. Yep. Classic film. Uh-huh. Classic line in film history. Yep. Um, so, Garazeb Aurelios, commonly known as Zeb, is a Lassat. He hates insects, especially <laughs> spiders. This is true. Um, this uh, You'll find that out in future episodes. Cool. Uh, his home world was Lassan. Um, he, the Lassans originated on Lyra San, uh, which is an, it's a planet in the unmapped wild space beyond oh. the outer rim. That's, uh, where the first order yes. hid for yes. a while and gathered their forces. Yeah. So the outer rim This completely, if, if the outer rim is difficult for the empire to, you know, watch over or control wild space is completely impossible. They can't. Mm. So, uh, each has, each, uh, Lassat has a unique fur pattern that may rapidly change with age. So I, we've confirmed that that is <laughs> fur on Zeb's body. And I like your analogy that it's yeah. kind of like, uh, sw- not sweet. like, uh, like a velvet, like, like cr- velvet. Yeah. It's like a, crushed, so crushed like velvet. think of a j- crushed velvet jacket that Prince would wear. That's what he feels like and looks like. What's. What's the difference between crushed velvet and just velvet? What's crushed velvet? <laughs> right? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. Sorry, I shouldn't. Forget let's, I said Let's that. save that for our tailoring podcast. Yeah, okay. I don't know. It's <laughs> weird. Um, so, some humans consider Lasat's smell to be offensively horrible. Like, they cannot stand it. Um, I don't know who that is. but <laughs> Like you. Like, moi. Um, the Lasats, they believe in Ashla, a personification of the force and the spirit of the galaxy. What's funny is I actually am in the middle of reading Ahsoka, um, that junior novel that it deals with, you know, what Ahsoka's up to after the Clone Wars and mm-hmm. her, her name when she's in hiding is Ashla. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if it's like, she, you know, it's just like, I don't want to call myself Ahsoka. So I'll just say Ashla instead. And I go by she- Ashley now. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Ashley Tano. <laughs> uh, so anyways, prior to joining the ghost team, Zeb was captain of the San Honor Guard, as we hear him say, where he was trained with a bow rifle. Mm. Uh, he held the rank of captain and was charged with protecting the royal Lasan family and his people at large. All of that came to an end when the Galactic Empire devastated his home world. Mm. As we saw this episode with those T7 ion disruptor rifles, they utterly wiped out and nearly destroyed all of the people, save a few, including his grandma. So, grandma's cool. <laughs> by the, so, by the age of 39, he joins the Spectre's uh, cell. So, he's about 39 in this one. So, I'm guessing. So, he's the oldest member of the crew. Yeah, but he... He... <laughs> Obviously, as we've seen in this episode, he's haunted by the genocide of his people. Um, and that is a little bit, you know, it's an insight into a psychological look into why mm-hmm. he so has this rough exterior, but really is a sweetheart on the inside. Um, he cares strongly for people, others negatively affected by the Empire. 
Um, despite his essentially good heart, um, he is quick to ch- go straight up Hulk on people, as we've seen. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty rad. Um, and I don't want him ever to lose that side of himself. Just be a blackout drunk. I love it. Um, due to his experiences during the siege of Lasan, Seb believed that he had failed to protect his people and the Lasan royal family, and this guilt and shame led him to hide the fact that he was once a captain of Lasan huh. high honor guard from even his fellow rebels. But that kind of slowly comes out, you know, when he's when he feels safe and nurtured and accepted by this group. Mm. You know what I mean? Well, I mean. I'm sure not a lot of people are well versed in Lasan history, but yeah. wouldn't the bow rifle give him away? Uh, only it says in this episode only yeah like honor guard are allowed to carry that yeah uh sure so great plan Zeb yeah I guess that's a hole that's a plot hole but you know got him there are no essentially there are no other Lasats to call him out either so he could say he was the president <laughs> um. Some of his, the background on his character design comes from uh, Ralph McQuarrie's early uh, kind of conceptions of Chewbacca. Oh, uh, yeah. Chewbacca, you <laughs> slud dog. Um, that's my best. <laughs> that was fantastic. Was that good? Yeah, that's uh, great. I love when he says that. Chewbacca, <laughs> you still bumming around with this guy? <laughs> um, yeah, so comes from Ralph McQuarrie. So there, that's a... Um, it's surprising how little information we have on this character. He's probably the least developed in the oh. EU, and um, that surprises me. I, I of of the Ghost crew up to this point, he is the least developed character. Yeah, and I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, out of all of the Ghost crew, he's the one that I can't really think of any books or comics with him. No, and a lot of people have kind of, I've heard, not a lot, I've heard of, like, I've heard maybe seven. <laughs> Some real Zeb heads uh, out there. <laughs> have uh, compared him to Jane Cobb oh. of Firefly. Yeah. If you've ever watched Firefly, kind of this, he's the, this pretty rough and tough, you know, he's the muscle of the yeah. crew, right? But he's also got like this dark past and kind of sensitive. In, in yeah, spirit. he's kind of a teddy bear. Um, So I've heard that comparison, which I like, and I was like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. But uh, yeah, there's a little character portrait, a little insight on uh, Gerazeb Aurelios. Sick. to grab onto that ladder take one step at a time up each rung and jump off the diving board into this week's deep dive what the f*** <laughs> are you talking about <laughs> it's a deep dive oh. this time we're talking about Bail Organa and the Rebellion and a little bit of C-3PO and R2-D2 like what's just, just, just what's going on with them huh? alright alright I'm curious where have they been what they been doing I am curious you cook it up Chips on the table. I'm curious. Cool. So, the timeline of cards on the table. I mixed (laughs) up that the idiom. Okay. Uh, All right. So C3PO and R2D2. I was kind of interested in their ownership. Like who? 
who's had them and how have they been passed along. It's pretty sloppy. I could I don't think titles were really exchanged, so I don't know how much on the open up it is, but here's something you might like based on your judge on your uh judging scale that you do at the end of each episode, mm-hmm. C-3PO was not actually built by Anakin. I love that. So the earliest records indicate that his first job, C-3PO's first job, was programming binary load lifters, which are very similar to moisture evaporators in most respects, as we know. Mm-hmm. At one point, he was a protocol droid for the chief negotiator for the Manicron system. Okay, sure. So this was all before Anakin, and he fell into disrepair and was junked on Tatooine. So Anakin actually found him in a junk pile and repaired him. So when he says, thank the maker, he's not talking about Anakin. Is that, is that canon? Yep. That is canon. I don't know where it's from. I'm assuming it's canon. It's, I wrote it on Wikipedia. All right. Okay. Um, so after Anakin left, he left 3PO with his mother, Shmi, who married into the Lars family and brought 3PO to work on the Lars homestead. After Shmi's death, Anakin took 3PO and gave him to Padme to serve her in the yeah. Republic Senate. When, where does that happen? I guess what you see, it's off screen. Yeah, it's off screen. So in clones, he comes back, kills all the sand people. Oh, His mom's dead. So much and then genocide. Like, I like to think that he's just like, I'm mad. I'm taking my droid with me and going home. And the Lars are just like, wait, I thought he was our droid. <laughs> so he took, he takes 3PO off Tatooine and just, I guess, gives it to Padme because he's probably more suited to a political position than on a moisture farm. Sure. So meanwhile, R2-D2 was first put into service under Queen Amidala. So when we see him in Phantom Menace, I don't know how long he's been active for, but that's his first job. Um, he was a repair droid on the royal ship. So, although still under te- ownership of Padme, technically speaking, he became Anakin Skywalker's astromech droid. So that's one of the parts that I'm like, I don't know how that went down. Like, did they just do like a droid trade? Just like, hey, I like your gold droid. Hey, I like your uh, blue droid. You want to trade? I think they're like pogs. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um. So after Padme's death and Anakin's turn to the dark side. Bail Organa took control of both droids and wiped 3PO's memory due to his talkative nature. I thought he... Okay. Again, that's another like weird transaction. Like, oh, I guess no one's using them, so he just takes them. Wait, okay. Cool. I, I, I guess you'll explain it, but I already have a question. Keep going yeah. before I interrupt. Um, so I think I know what your question is. So let's talk about Bail Organa first. Okay. Uh, so he's the Viceroy of Alderaan. So that was something I learned. Alderaan doesn't have a king. Leia's a princess. Leia's mom was a queen, but he was the viceroy. Viceroy. And he was an influential Viceroy. Viceroy. I don't know. I <laughs> can't do that impression. At the time of A New Hope, the Senate still had some power, and Bail Organa was much loved and respected for his unending fight for justice. He was also disillusioned with the corruption of the Senate, um, and so Bail Organa worked behind the scenes to establish the Rebel Alliance and, with his adopted daughter, Leia. Um, so that's kind of, I thought that was kind of interest, interesting. They both had a diplomatic immunity as part of the Senate, and that's how they used their power to aid rebels throughout the galaxy. So at the time of A New Hope, 
actually until Tarkin says that the Senate's been disbanded in New Hope, the Senate has a little bit of power. That's why they have to be kind of careful when they're taking over the Tanti Four in the beginning, and that's why Leia tries to pull the this is a diplomatic mission because she technically has diplomatic immunity. So Okay. Okay. Can I interject yeah. for a second? I thought that C3PO and R2D2 D2 were in the charge of uh Captain Ramus Antilles. So that Okay. I'm gonna You're get talking. to it, Mike. Okay. So I thought they went straight to him. Nope. So technically speaking, they're still owned by Bail Organa. Yeah. But Antilles is the cap is the captain of the Tanti Four, and those droids serve on the, the Tanti Four. So Raymond Antilles is the captain of R two D two and C three PO, but Bail Organa is the owner. Okay. I'm just gonna read you straight off Wikipedia this entry because the language says that after after uh after the birth of Pot Padme Amidala's twins, Antilles was given charge of Amidala's two droids, R2D2 and C3PO, and was instructed to wipe the latter's memory. Antilles knew that Leia was Bale's adoptive daughter and over the years began to serve her as well. Yeah, as so father. the key there is given charge. So he's in charge of them. But if you look at Bail Organa's Wikipedia entry, it makes it clear that he's the owner of them. All right. And Okay, and I see. Yeah, so eat that, Mike. No. <laughs> uh, so How do you like them Jogans, Peter? So during the age of the Empire, R2-D2 and C-3PO... They were still owned by Bill Organa, but they served on the Tanti Four, and he needed to get the Death Star plans out of Scarif and into the hands of the Rebellion. So they just took the ship, the Tanti Four, and just like hauled ass. While they did that, Bill Organa returned back to Alderaan, where unfortunately we know his fate it was not good. Mm. He got blowed up around this time. Um, Emperor Palpatine disbanded the Senate, taking total control of the Empire. Yeah. Yeah. After the fall of the Empire, though, C-3PO continued to serve Leia Organa in the New Republic Senate, and R2-D2 served her brother, Luke. In the book Bloodlines, this is a spoiler, but it's totally interesting to the character, so if you want to know, if you don't want to know this, fast forward. A recording of Bale's voice yeah. discussing Leia's true parentage this is a great part of this book. was discovered and played in front of the Senate, destroying her political career. So basically she was running for office, for higher office, and a smear ad was like, she's Vader's daughter, and everyone in the universe knows now. Yeah. So that's why Leia retreated back into the military life to lead the resistance against the First Order. Yeah. So little known fun fact. You ready for this one? Sure. Around this time, C-3PO had a red arm, which yeah. made it very hard to recognize him. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I got. Uh, well, thank you, Peter, for that excellent deep dive. Yep. Off your strangely metaphoric... Diving off the high dive, people. Yeah, that, that thing We're is... We're diving off the high dive. Mm.
I've never done it, but whatever. Uh, okay, so uh, until uh, our next episode, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can search for us there on uh, just type in Rebels Rebels Pod and mm-hmm. you'll find us. Uh, you can follow us on iTunes and please read the, leave us a scathingly good review. <laughs> it seriously helps so much. Uh, Thanks again to Asterios. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Asterios. Yeah. A-S-T-E-R-I-O-S. And you can find his Patreon at patreon.com slash Asterios. There's some hilarious stuff there. It is. He's, he's, he's a hidden gem. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, until next time, guys, be brave out there. And don't look back. Bye. See you.